Welcome to Fast Growth Stories, the straight-talking guide for entrepreneurs who want to grow quickly and secure funding. Brought to you by EHE, where entrepreneurs help entrepreneurs. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fast Growth Stories with EHE Capital. I'm delighted to be joined today by Ross and Gary from the EHE team. Hi Ross, hi Gary, how are you both? Very well, thank you, Nari. Hope you're well. Yeah, all good. How are you, Gary? Yeah, very good, thanks. Very good. Have you both got a spring in your step? Spring in yes, it spring feels in? like it. Yeah, it does feel like it with a bit of yeah. sun, doesn't it? Yeah, it just makes such a difference, doesn't it? It does. I'm slightly annoyed that my paths and driveways have got weeds in. They've been grown over the winter. What the hell's going on? Go out with your knee pads later and give it a weed. I know. I know. <laughs> well, I use spray. What's it called? Wet and forget. We won't go there today. So I'm really glad you two managed to get a slot in with you two to talk about fast growth. And Gary, I know in the early series of the EHE podcast, you talked about kind of your story and journey to date. But one of the things we didn't hone in on, and, and it's relevant for this series, is particularly your attitude to fast growth and where that came from and how that's impacted your business. And I think one of the reasons it's brilliant to have Ross here as well is obviously Ross takes that role of finance director and you and Ross have worked together for a long time. But one of the things that can be quite challenging with somebody of a fast growth mindset is having a senior team that that buy into that and understand that and, and you know are happy to take that risk. So I suppose without me talking any further, Gary, it might just be worth you giving us a bit of an overview of, of your story with with Forest Holidays and and then Ross can chip in and I can ask some questions around how that helped you with with your growth. Yeah, thank you, Nari. Yeah. Yeah, we can. I think I'd like to start with saying, actually, the way Ross and I work quite well together is that I do have some crazy ideas and always want to go 100 mile an hour, but they're validated by Ross. So it's like a validation process. So I'll sit down and I'll probably scribble it on a piece of paper, an A4 piece of paper in the past called a fag packet. So... Or beer mat, and then pass it to Ross and go, Ross, what do you think of this? And then he'll go and, well, Ross, what, what happens then? Probably, probably best to ask you that question, not me tell it. I, I think, I think in, in all honesty, you, you then refer to the, the next stage, which is, are we blowing smoke? Or are we, <laughs> do we have something here? And, and I think the one thing I will always say about what, how Gary approaches things is you have a target, you have something you want to go and achieve. And then I'm I'm there trying to work out, right, can we go a 100 miles an hour to get to that? Or what's stopping us from going 100 miles an hour to get to that? And and that's where Gary and I have worked very well together to to balance it, risk profile it, to to work out what's stopping us. Because at the end of the day, I think if it's fair to say, and hopefully Gary and I have been aligned with this, it's people that stop you doing it. You know, you can find ways to, to knock down mountains and build bridges. It's just how quickly you can do it and can you bring other people along with you. Is that fair to say, Gary? That's, that's- yeah, yeah. In fact, you know, there's a project right now. I mean, it's, it's crazy numbers. You know, Ross and I are working on a 200 million project that we reckon will take us about five years to turn into, no, a bit longer than that, actually, to turn into, what was it, 200? I think we can probably, it'd be five or 600 million. That's our plan. So we go from 200 to 600 in, in about seven years. So, hey, but that has been validated by Ross, you know. So it starts with an idea. And I think some people are wired to only look at positives. 
I think Guy, Raymond and myself are a little bit wired like that. And you need to surround yourself with people who don't look like that because life isn't all positives, as we know. So you need people to look for the pitfalls and, as Ross said, to sort of validate it, to make sure, you know, it works and how to get around some of the hurdles. So I think it's a team, always a team. Mm. Any successful company, football, anything, it's, it's all about the team. So and different mindsets and how to get there. And I think we're very lucky at EHE to have Ross and, and Elliot that, that have, I don't know how to describe, I'll come up with something, but it's like a, it's like an entrepreneurial FD, really, <laughs> or has a mindset flexible enough to don't dismiss guys and my thoughts as crazy. Yeah. Slightly crazy, but actually, if you did it this way, it will work. Yeah. And so, and I think that's, that's the secret, I think. Yeah. Well, so obviously when you were at Forest, Gary, did you have a consistent senior management team? Obviously, I've seen the relationship between you and Ross. I know you've worked together for a long time, but there are other senior roles involved, weren't there? Did you have that kind of consistency that helped? Obviously, that helps with growth. Or Well, I think it, it took me a while to find the right FD. <laughs> So it took me a while. Was Ross the right with, FD? Or is yes, this- <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, ju- it took, I think there was three before Ross. There could have been four. Well, there's two things to say on the senior team. It, one is that really good people like Ross and, you know, some of the other team that we managed to formulate, they interview you really. And as a, as a leader, you have to have a strong vision, has to be sensible, and you have to have the drive and they have to believe you. If, you. if you're a bit flaky, you won't get good people to join you. You just won't. You've got to be that that leader. And, and I'm sure Ross can share a story of how we got together over, mm-hmm. over Christmas, which, you, which you'll come on to in a minute. But I think that's really important that you, you as the leader have got to inspire people to join you. That's number one in terms of people. The other one is it's about the leader, but it's also about certain people can only take you so far. And, and that is often their mindset. So if they come into the company and you're losing money, say, for example, when you start to make money and you grow and you have more people, they're not perhaps so good because their mindset is stuck back where we were mm. when, when we weren't making money and they don't evolve and change as they should as the business has. And therefore, in high-performing teams, this is my philosophy, in high-performing teams, you have to move them on quickly. And that's one of the things that a lot of people don't do, because if you don't move them on quickly, the other high-performing people become less high-performing because they look over the shoulder and say, they're bloody rubbish. Why are we tolerating that? I'm not working so hard because they're no good and we're not going to get where we want to get, where Gary wants us to get to. So there was a few car park walks that, that moved people on in the right way, never, never tried to do anybody down. But if they weren't right, I did move them on quickly. As the business grew and the team grew, how close were you in your role, Gary, as being able to identify those people within the business or did you rely on the managers underneath you to identify those people? This is where I'm trying to say your your cascading your vision across the business is crucial, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. Your and vision, I, it's everyone's. Well, I, I'd, I'd slightly, yes. At, at the beginning, yes. You've got to have that inspiration to begin with and attract the right people, but I set out to get people better than me, which, which wasn't that hard. 
<laughs> to find people who, you know, and not everybody could go on that journey. As I say, we had to part company with some people. And one of the things, this is quite hard to get your head around, is that I have a habit of setting goals, as Ross said, or targets that where we are today, it's hard to see that we can achieve them. So they're so big. And I can remember one lady, a sales and marketing lady, who left us because she said, I can't see how I can get us to where you want to get to. I just can't see it. You're just smoking dope. It's just not going to happen. I said, well, you need to have belief and faith. And actually, we surpassed where I wanted to get to. But I didn't quite know how. And I think that's a really important point for any budding entrepreneur, wherever they are on the journey, is you've got to have the faith. You've got to have the ability. And you need people around you who believe it. And if they don't, you just, they just need to move on. Okay. And Ross, in terms of your role, how did you balance with Gary ambition versus risk? Financial risk. No, well, we lost it. Wait, can I just interject here? We <laughs> lost our investor who was in training us for one year. We won't mention them. The second day, Ross joined. Yeah. So uh, you can. You can a death? I thought I was the poison chalice joining. <laughs> <laughs> you must have thought, what on earth have I walked I into? <laughs> no, I think I, the one thing I'll echo exactly what, what Gary has, has indicated having someone who is the ultimate leader of a company with a a vision that you can buy into is so paramount for somebody like me. Mm. Because whilst there's always a number of journeys to get to that vision and surpass it, it's knowing that you've got something to go and attain, something to go and get after. And, you know, sometimes, as you say, getting the right people around, you need to be that honest and forthright to say whether you are smoking dope or you've got the, the vision to be able to get after something, but we may just have to find our route to get through it. But if everybody's singing in that same hymn sheet and are prepared to roll the sleeves up and get after it, I think that is so, so powerful. And I think I always remember when, when Gary and I have had, you know, a few beers over nights and, you know, when we've been trying to see where that journey goes, if there was somebody who was, had a corporate mentality in the business, they just can't get it. Because they're too structured, they're too, you know, I've got to have my KPIs completed by this date and I've got to do this by this. Entrepreneurs can't work like that. They can't be constrained. And somebody with my my skills needs to help them continue to push the boundaries, but but risk manage it. So coming back to that point that you say about risk managing it, I'm always careful in my head is whatever we need to borrow, we don't run out of cash. Mm-hmm. I always make sure there's a headroom that my boss knows about, but there's always a little bit of what I was referred to as a war chest. You build stuff for a rainy day because mm. any business, in my experience today, there's always been you're never going to have a, an unrocky road all the time. You're always going to have things you're going to have to, you know, take a hurdle over or take a risk on. But it's got to be it's got to be risk managed, and every day is a different day. I firmly believed in. You've got to have a trial at something, but don't go and trial with the whole balance sheet or the whole bank account. Ross has always, I always describe Ross as a goalkeeper. He'd always have, if we're in the, sh- I shouldn't say, if we're in trouble, <laughs> if we're in trouble, Ross will suddenly go, don't worry, Gary. So what do you mean, don't worry? We, where, where are we going to, how are we going to, and he go, I've got it, don't worry, it's saved. He used to find two, three hundred thousand that he would scribble away that didn't tell the investors about, didn't tell anyone else about, but actually, how many times was it needed? Nearly all the time. Yes. <laughs> and 
And so, you know, I try and help entrepreneurs now do the same, you know, because you just need it. You just need that sort of safety bit, really. They need a Ross. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, they need a, They need an FT, yeah. but also an FT that allows the entrepreneurs, you've heard Ross said, you know, grow and develop and drive the business forward. But just when it just gets a bit rocky, have something in your sleeve. Mm. Bro, thank you. Final question from me, I suppose. Gary, in terms of mindset, and you talk a lot about setting goals and that type of thing, what's helped you with that? How do you know where to start? Whether you talk, We talk a lot about 10 times mindset. Where did that come from and how did that impact the business? Well, Guy talks about sort of picking that up through strategic coach, which has definitely helped me in, in many ways as, as it helps Guy. Uh, I wouldn't say I got my 10 times mindset from, from coach. I, it's in my DNA and mm. I don't, and I don't really know why or how, but it might come from sport. I played a lot of sport and I always wanted to win the game. I didn't want to win it 1-0. I wanted to win it 10-0. And my best scenario would be I'm 3-0 down at half time. We win 10-3, you know. Mm. That's that's just in my head. And it's always been there. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just in, it's in my DNA. I like to win. I like to win big. I don't like small incremental growth. It's got to be big growth. You know, going from 1 million to 1.1 million EBITDA yeah. is just boring. I want to go one, three, five out. Yeah. You know, that's the sort of, and that's really what we did at FH. You know, we, we spent the first three or four years sorting out the campsites. There's 21 campsites. And then it was only a small period of time. I think, Ross, were you 2011 joining us? Was it 10? Yeah. And so 2011, I was out in 2014. You know, we did, in three years, we went from loss-making when Ross joined to about 8 million EBITDA. That's pretty fast growth. Now, there's a lot of building blocks in place, but that's not bad by anybody's standards. Yeah. Three or four years from, from loss-making to 8 million EBITDA on a standalone cabins business. You know, and raising funds was just a disaster, you know, from one disaster to another. I think we spoke to 300 different investors. You know, it's just hard work. We ended up, setting up a membership club, Forest Holidays Membership Club. We sold $2 million in the first year. I think that causes a problem down the road. But we needed to keep the development team. You know, we, we were building in sensitive forests. We, we had a really specialist development team, and they needed to get alive. They were about four hundred grand a year. So we had to keep them alive, and that was the membership club before we went from with a sale and lease back with Evans Property Group, which was, you know, really very supportive company before we found our real investor. So, hey, loads of challenges. And Ross obviously played a huge role in, in snaring them, really. Real, thank you. Ross, how would you sum up your experience with Forest Holidays? Obviously, you were there for that last three years. I, he was there after as well, longer than that. Yeah. How many years? You, you probably did about I, seven. I, I stayed there for maybe six, seven years, Gary. That's right. Yeah. I think the... the but the biggest thing for me was the excitement of that fast growth in the, in the early years, knowing exactly what you wanted to achieve, but actually to smash it because you, you knew that you could get after it and you had the flexibility with great, great investment supporters to get after that. We used to have a play a game, didn't we, in the board meeting, Gary, which was, you know, well, what else has Ross got tucked under the, uh, under the match? Yes. And, you know, and we would play a great game. We said, have we delivered the numbers? Have we delivered more than what you expected? And they said, well, yes, you have, but what else have you got? And we go, we're still driving and improving our business. And, you know, 
We don't want people to snap away what that drive is. I'll be very honest, in the latter years, it got very corporate for me. You know, I, I didn't have that 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 Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Could come in, Russell got a great idea, and I'm there going, right, okay, that's going to be a challenging day. I didn't have that. You know, so I missed Gary in my latter years because I knew exactly what we wanted to achieve. I knew exactly where we wanted to go and smash things. And, and, and it's great now we're working together on lots of other projects because I'm excited about that, you know. And I agree with Gary. When somebody comes to me and says, oh, but there's great business model that says, yeah, we do one million one year and then 1.1 million the following year, 1.2 million the following year to that. And I'm going, yes, I've yawned already. Um, yes. And, yeah. and, and, you know, making a difference, I think, is really, really quite powerful getting an idea that you can bring to market very quickly and blow, blow the market part is just fantastic. You know, that, that excitement and providing something to customers, the excitement to our employees, you know, to our team, you know, it, it's amazing how that engine room just, just keeps going at a very fast pace. And that's what we had in the other days. It, it was. One of, one of the secrets, I think, just to finish on, was <laughs> when we had a problem, what we tended to do as a senior management team, there's about five, I can't remember, five or six of us, we'd decamp to the pub and have dinner in the pub and just chat it through. So it was six minds coming up with solutions rather than just one. And that was really powerful. We, we always came up with a solution. Okay, we'd have a few drinks, but there was an action plan. One, two, three, who's going to do it? I'll do it and we'll do it by this time. And we, we ended up solving nearly all the problems. In the pub. Well, we did. Yeah, because because we were a team. It didn't yeah. have to be the pub. It could have been a coffee shop. At the time, it was a pub. We'd do our day job, and then we'd say, right, come on, let's go and have some dinner at 7 o'clock. And we'd be there till 10, 10.30, maybe stay over, but we'd come up with the answers together. Boom. So that excitement that you both have just talked about epitomizes the type of entrepreneur we're looking for at EHE, isn't it? That that's the ones the ones that's going to excite you when those when those decks come through. And I think from what it sounds like, we can't do much to change DNA. It's either in you, perhaps, or it's not. But it sounds, Gary, like very much a piece of your advice is to find yourself a Ross or an entrepreneurial Ross as your business grows that that can balance that ambition with with risk that has obviously been hugely successful for for you two in previous businesses and this one too. So thank you both very much. That was really, really interesting. Ross, if you know of any Rosses that we can hire out. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, just have to clone. We just need to clone you or get a three D printer, don't we? By the time. Yes, yes, that's a good idea. Now there's a business idea for you. There we go. Yeah, brilliant. Right, thanks both of you. Thanks everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Fast Growth Stories. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Fast Growth Stories. Please remember to subscribe and review and visit the ehe.team website for the latest on fast growth and funding.